Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Chris LaSalle. I must be your other co-host, David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Hello, Chris. Hello, hello. And uh, we're back for another week, and we're actually uh, joined with, uh, by our, with our first guests of the season. Uh, it's Norman and Cassandra from Lord of the Rings Minute. Hey, guys. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, happy to have you on. We're, uh, um, uh, we aspire to match your volume of episodes. <laughs> yeah. uh, at the time we're recording this right now, I think you guys just like released episode 203 yep. uh, of your first movie. We, um, we will be ending at 205 for the, our two- first movie. So. That is yes. amazing. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I think when we get to the end of this film, we'll be at two oh five or something. It's 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 seriously, it's almost that close. It's crazy. Nice. Um, so congrats on that. That's a, a huge run. Are you taking uh, uh, some much needed time off? Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Well, great. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. Um, so let's get started. We're going to be talking about minute seven of Star Trek three. Uh, minute seven starts with Kirk uh, narrating his captain's log and starts up with him saying which he helped create. Uh, and ends a minute later with Kirk talking to Scotty, telling him you fix the barn door after the horse has come home. <laughs> it's kind of an insult, right? Yeah. I, I feel yeah. like it's an insult. It's delivered in this tone like, like I don't know, playful or like thankful, but the content is kind of like that wasn't really a nice thing to say. Yeah, it's I mean, so it's not just me. I, I think it's a, I think it's a compliment, but it doesn't seem like a compliment. No, it doesn't. It's just like some playful ribbing among old friends. Yeah. 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 So okay, I'm glad it wasn't just me because I, I felt I'm like I was a little confused. So. <laughs> I feel justified now. But anyway, that's the end of the minute. So let's get back, roll back to the beginning. So Kirk's, um, he started his captain's log in the previous minute. Um, uh, he's, uh, he delivers this, I guess, you know, great line. He's, you know, Enterprise feels like a house with all the children gone. Yeah. So everybody's, you know, David and Savick are reassigned. and um, Yeah, the trainees have been reassigned as well. So this is like a skeleton crew on the Enterprise. Right. Um and my first note was I kind of I kind of like this moment a bit because it, it to me it still feels like yeah even though he you know obviously sad about the death of Spock right but it also feels a little bit like his midlife crisis is still being played out right that was kind of the big core of Wrath of Khan and yep. this is just a little touch of it right mm-hmm. yeah a, a little bit I mean I think we we talked about this in one of the first couple of minutes where we were like, you know, at the end of Wrath of Khan, Kirk is like, you know, I feel young again, but here he's clearly not okay. I mean, he says the death of Spock is like an open wound. Like, I just feel feel very unsettled with Kirk right now. Yeah, he uses the, he says he feels like he left the noblest part of himself behind. Yeah. Yeah. It's very Which is like, a, melancholy and introspective for Kirk. Like, I don't really think about Kirk in that way, but, I mean, he just lost his best friend, so. Yeah. yeah in, so, in some ways, it, it fits. I mean, it fits 
obviously fits, but it almost, I almost would have wanted to see some of that at the end of <clears throat> Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Right. Where, yeah, I just feel like there's been a sh- tonal shift. You know, at the end, everyone was sort of like, you know, here, we delivered this baby to the universe, and we've created something, and, you know, a far better thing that I've done, you know, his his big line at the end of the movie when they're all staring at the planet, and then all of a sudden, I just feel like total dread and sadness, and I'm like, yeesh. They're, they're coming off yeah. the euphoria of the of the Genesis project. Mm-hmm. Like, they're coming down, and reali- Kirk's realizing what they paid for that event. Right, yeah. Yep. I mean, we don't know how much time has obviously elapsed between when they left Genesis and they're on on their way home to, you know, space dock. So, yeah, he could have had time to introspect and, you know, really think about Spock's death. Yeah, and you think about it, too. They're kind of, you know, trapped on the ship. It's not like he can get away from. He still has to, he's still on the bridge every day. That's his job. He's on the bridge. He's and you know, the empty chair next to him is going to remind him every single moment he's right, there. Yeah. That's and that scorch mark on the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I love that scorch mark on the door. I think that's a nice touch. I mean, if it wasn't there, we'd all be calling, crying foul, right? Like, wait a right. minute. Didn't they, that thing was all <laughs> destroyed and beat up in the last film. But uh, I really like that it's there. I, I appreciate that scorch mark. It's a nice touch. So speaking of the scorch mark, is this the same set that they used in Wrath of Khan, do you think? What do you I think? Would, they, what do you think they made changes? Well, I my I say yes, um, but I had a, a related note that it's lit very differently. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I was leading; it was a, leading into that. Like it just feels a little different. Like something is something, and maybe maybe it's because majority of Wrath of Khan, it's they're at red alert. Yeah, and the you know the the bridge is is. Like you said, the lighting is different. Maybe we're just now seeing them at normal, normalcy. <laughs> this one is uh, directed by Leonard Nimoy, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, cool! I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's awesome. How far apart did Wrath of Khan, our Wrath of Khan, and Search for Spock? Like, how many years between when they were released? Do you know? Yeah, it was just it was two years, eighty-two and eighty-four. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah, so I, I think it's the same sets, and 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 I would say if I don't think I've complained yet, we're in minute seven, but my first complaint is about the lighting of the set, and it's actually in this minute. Um, jumping ahead a little bit, when uh, Kirk uh, starts talking to Uhura and he walks across the back of the bridge, mm-hmm. there's like all these weird shadows mm, of, yeah, of him, like that looks like looks like he's being lit by studio lights, like like somebody. I don't know. It's I never noticed before, but of course, and we're looking at it, you know, you know, and with a with a micro magnifying glass, and I'm like, oh, what is that? Now I'm now I can't unsee that shadow. <laughs> That's uh, what you get doing this process. Yeah, yeah, for for better or worse, right? So one thing I noticed here too. This is kind of a fun minute. This is the uh, we get to see the whole gang, right? Everybody gets a moment in this in this minute. Um, well, we get to see almost everybody. Oh, McCoy's not here. Oh, yeah. All right. He's my favorite part of this third film. <laughs> yeah, he's great. That's a good point. Where is he at this moment? Well, we haven't gotten to that Where's point. He? We're only minute seven. All right. Probably all right. just still dealing. Yeah. Midday, right? Yeah. He's having a he's having a crisis. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, we get to see we get to see Sulu given his regular old, you know status updates of ETA of when they're arriving someplace, and uh, and then Kirk gives this command or order to to check off that he needs a pre-approach scan, which I have a question mark on. They're going to they're going to space dock, right? They're going right. to a you know they're going home and asking for a pre-approach scan to me seems like something they would be doing if they were you know going to a new planet that they'd never been to before maybe they're just being safe because they now live in a world where you know there are multiple things that can cloak <laughs> Ooh, i think we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves there right <laughs> well there i a, think i haven't seen Roth Khan in a while is there no cloaking in that movie uh no it's just the two the two vessels isn't it it's just um Basically, just the Reliant and the Enterprise. Oh, I think we see on the films. We've seen cloaking in the the original series. There's cloaking, yes, right, of Romulan ships in in the original series. So yeah, that's you're good there, Norman. (laughs) I think Chekhov is a little confused by his order too, because he makes this kind of like weird little face and then kind of shrugs and then turns her back to the console. Mm. So I don't. Maybe he's also confused by Kirk's. I, I get the feeling from Chekhov, he's like, "Why me? Like, why do I have to? You know, I have to go. I have to go fill the shoes of one of our esteemed colleagues. Like, I'm never going to live up to that position. Yeah. Like, who's going to live up to Spock? That's true. I'm always impressed that they can all switch places like that. You got to give them credit, you know, for they're all smart enough they can run each other's stations because everybody takes a turn at everybody else's station. Yeah, I mean, they're probably all cross-trained in the academy. And then they just train you more specifically in what you're best at. Yeah. Right. It's like space gen ed. Like in the <laughs> even in the original series, they're always jumping around. That's true. yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, as we we're talking, I know I was complaining about the the lighting and stuff, but I do think we get a lot better views of all everybody's stations. Yep. Mm-hmm. With the lighting, because you know, even just looking over Chekhov's shoulder at his, you know, the, the his control panel and stuff, like, oh yeah, you can really see a lot of the detail. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's also, again, I, I think this goes back to, and I know I'm harping on it, but I'm going to harp on it. It just, something just looks different. Like, even when we get the close-up of his, and just thinking back to when, you know, Khan first, um, you know, makes the pass and takes out the, most of the Enterprise, and they're going to do the code and everything. I just feel like when they're, Kirstie Alley's pushing the buttons, it just, the the, the board just looks different. Like, there's something not right. And I could be totally revisionist history in my head. <laughs> I, I think that would be fun to watch. They like queue them up, so you actually have them kind of side by side, whatever you know, very similar angles and stuff to to really see what the difference is. It, it it's got to be the lighting. Yeah, I just I it, that's it. It has to be that. Yeah. 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 Um. All right. So moving along, so we get to see Sulu, we get to see Chekhov, and then Kirk, uh, you know, yells across the room to, "Hey, Aura, have we?" Uh, any response from Starfleet on our Project Genesis inquiries? Um, I just think that's a weird. I'm sure it's a bit of they're just trying to, you know, get us back up to speed or whatnot with with what happened in the prior film. But I just think it's a it's a strange question to just kind of throw out there to Uhura, right? And then she has then she then she has no answer. Like, no, there's no response. And he's like, oh, that's odd. And then just turns around. <laughs> yeah. That is weird. Right? I would think if you're not getting a response from Starfleet, isn't that really more like, oh, God, something's wrong? Yeah. Like, red alert? Yeah. Um, that would be my thought. It's just like you uh, you call your boss and they just don't get back to you. It's just like, what did I do? Especially because they're, <laughs> they're, they're in route home. Yeah. 
Well, I, I didn't take it as there was no response, like no response. I took it there was no response on your inquiry. Ah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. Kirk has lots of questions. Starfleet is not very happy to oblige so him to answer. It's not like there's radio silence. It's just they're just like ignoring your question. Yeah, maybe they're just waiting for him to return oh. so that they could then talk to him about what had happened. That and makes they, sense. And then they can tell him, that's all top secret. Don't look into it face to face. And there's a little, I mean, that is true. This is a setup for, there's going to be conversations similar to that coming up. So, uh, so you're right. That is, that is a, this is a little bit of, you know, Dave loves his foreshadowing. So I guess that's a little bit of foreshadowing. <laughs> and I got to say uh, that, um, as we're as we're talking about this moment in time, um, I'm really not liking Uhura's hair. Absolutely not. I loved it from Rathacon. I do whatever she did. One of the things I was looking at specifically in this minute was, okay, this is the first time we're going to see all the crew minus McCoy and Spock. But how does everyone look from transition from Rathacon to this? Because that's a big thing. And as you guys know from Lord of the Rings, like they filled them all at once for consistency's sake. Right. Here, they, there's a two-year gap, so I, I was curious as to think, like, oh, my God, they're all going to be two years older, you know, hairstyles. Most, for the most part, they all look the same but her. Yeah. Where, where do you stand on that, though, right? Because it's, you know, clearly I would guess that wasn't necessarily a filmmaker decision. That's probably Nichelle Nichols, like, well, hey, I got a new hairstyle. Well, I mean, think of today's shows, like Game of Thrones. Like, Kit Carrington couldn't chop off his hair because of his contract or whatever because because of Jon Snow like that was a big thing like everyone you know when he was well I'm not going to give anything away but that was a big thing <laughs> what what for, for people who, who haven't watched the show I don't want to blur it out hey did you know in season five <laughs> but he's so handsome with that long hair so uh, yeah I wouldn't want to <laughs> yeah I, I I would say that that is a tiny bit distracting for me as well it's like oh her hairstyles very different it would have been nice if they just because clearly, like we said, this is, what, days or maybe weeks after the events of the right. last film. They could have had, let her have the, you know, the hairstyle from the prior film. And then maybe when we jump forward in time a little bit, you know, say when they get back to Earth. Yeah. Let her change, let her, change her hair. That'll be just feel a little more natural. Well, just, I, I go back to what he says, like in, in minute six, he says, you know, most of our tr training crew has been reassigned, you know, Savic. So they're on a, you know, running with a skeleton crew or minimal crew. And I got to think that, you know, the barber is not on, on board, you know, the, the hairstylist has, 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 is back at space dock. So no, man, that's just an auto machine in the bathroom. Yeah. Do you think they have a barber? <laughs> that's just like, Oh, just I know put, they, Oh, I know they do. This thing on your I, head I, and just type in what you want for a hairstyle. <laughs> I think, um, isn't there like, um, one of the, one of the shows, I think it must've been deep space nine there, there, I think there was like a, he goes in for a shave or something, or someone has a shaver or something. I remember one of the episodes. So I, I kind of feel like that there's it's kind someone. Of special. Yeah, because, I mean, technically it's not really a ship. It's it's like a, I mean, it's, like a docked and, space station. Well, you'd think there so. would be even more amenities on a full space station. Right, yeah. But at the well, same time, like, it's a multicultural, different level of technology, groups of people all living in this shared space. Yeah. And there was a mall too, right? Yeah. yeah. And the Ferengi, <laughs> which are some of the best episodes in yeah. that show. <laughs> so I'm going to, I did not uh, admit this last season, 
but we had um, John and Mitch on from Alien Minute. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were we were talking about. Uh, I think it was Mitch who's, who made a joke about William Shatner's wig. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, I did not know he had a wig, and I didn't I didn't let on at the at the time because I felt stupid. Um, but uh, did you know, Dave? Did you know he had, did, he had yeah. a wig? Yeah. Okay. But now in this film, in this scene, since we're talking about hair, um, that's like all I can see because I feel like I, I just see Shatner wig. And, and I think it's partly because I just watched the film recently on Blu-ray mm. on, a, on a big screen, like not watching it on my computer. And yeah. so everything was just very like, whoa, that's a wig. Way more <laughs> detailed than you were ever supposed to see it. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think there's that's the uh, I'm going to say that's the first, you know, downside of Blu-ray is like, whoa, that's too much detail. Yeah. Um, so yeah, funny. I did not I did not know. Did you guys know that? You know, I Shatner didn't had a wig? Yeah. It makes I, sense cuz he was How old was he when they filmed this? Oh. I, don't know. I think he was 50s. In his 50s? Yeah, I think he was close to the age he is in the film, like oh, okay. his fictional age too. So he was just like balding and they just needed to give him a wig or cuz like I guess Shatner toupee. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen. I've never seen like a candid. You know, somebody caught him on the streets or something without a without a wig mm-hmm. on. I've never seen him without one, and I think that would freak me out at this point in my life. Yeah, I don't think he's now- bald. I think it's more of like thinning hair. Oh, okay. So there we are, ragging on everybody's hairstyle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I still think uh-huh. there's just like an auto barber somewhere on the ship. Just like a little I can robot. Sus- with I can like suspend scissors. my disbelief. Yeah, just little scissors and a clipper. Yeah. It's just like totally. a little black box with wheels, and then all the little hands come out with all the tools. That's horrifying. Like the Jetsons. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> very I, very 1960s cartoon style. Oh man, that's yeah. We don't we don't get a real good look at the the skeleton crew. I think most of them have their backs turned to us mm-hmm. in this minute. Um, although there's the uh, the blonde trainee um, when Kirk is standing at Spock Station, you kind of get a profile of her face. I'm pretty sure she was in Rathacon because we yep. talked about her. She was one of the stunt women. Yeah, right? her. She's actually a, her title is stunt actor. Um, so I'm pretty sure that's at least one familiar face from the from the prior film. That wasn't, you know, the classic crew. Yep. We don't have Cadet Todd or um, who was the blonde-haired boy, um, whatever cadet he was. He's not there either. No. Um, yeah, he actually had a name. I'm sure he did. I've forgotten it all. That's terrible. <laughs> it's flushed. Do you think you guys, when you when you when you finish uh, Fellowship of the Ring and you move on to do Towers, are you gonna? Are you going to be able to retain all of that knowledge you picked up during I Fellowship hope of the Ring? so. Yeah, I hope so. I don't want to, like, blank slate it. <laughs> that would be terrible. It's just, like, 200 wasted episodes. <laughs> yeah. I should probably go back and re-listen to my own episodes. <laughs> I mean, we have all of our – all of the notes from, like, watching the minutes and listening to the commentaries are all in one notebook, so. Yeah. That oh, nice. Very cool. All right, so uh, I think we uh, we already talked about uh, the end of the minute here, where uh, uh, Kirk asked for a status report from Scotty, um, and Scotty says we're almost done. Uh, you'll be fully automated by the time we dock, <laughs> and then we, which is well, that's a pretty cool thing to have done. Yeah, and I and I guess I understand what Kirk's response is. Well, you fix the barn door after the horses come home. Um, you know, why couldn't we have had that before we went out? Right. And- I like that line, like. 
It's so... Because how, how long has it been since there have been, like, barns? Like, huh. I mean, I'm sure there are farms, but, like, food replicators are a thing. Like, that's a really weird, like, I feel like it's an archaic phrase at this point yeah, but in that, the future. Th- those types of archaic uh, phrases are just part of Kirk's vocabulary. I think also with Kirk and horses, he comes from Iowa, like, that's that's part of... If, and I remember from generations, yeah. uh, that's a big part of him is, is horses and stuff oh. like that. So I think it definitely fits with his character. Part of his vernacular. Is that the. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah that's it. Um, so, yeah. Well, guys, that's all the notes I had for this minute. How about, how about you guys? Any other final thoughts? Um, I don't think so. Yeah. Just that I, I'd kind of forgotten how much I like these versions of the, the Starfleet uniforms. Oh, the flaps. Yeah. yeah. The I like, flaps I like Kirk's shirt. <laughs> I like the Kirk's outfit in this movie. Mm. What, do you have a least favorite? Of uh, outfits? Yeah. Mm, I don't think so. I don't remember a lot of them very clearly, but seeing them again here, I'm just like, I really dig these. I haven't seen any of these movies in a long time. Yeah, these were, these were great uniforms. Yeah, even the cadet stuff looks good. You know, it's yeah. not like, you know, Wesley Crusher and his rainbow sweater or whatever. And, yeah. You know, there's obviously been missteps, right, with costuming. But yeah, you're right. These are very classic, and they've, I think they've held up. Yeah, uh, definitely. We have it paused right now on our screen, so I'm looking right at it, and there's only one thing in one costume I'm looking at, and I'm like, what's the point of that? There's a, there's a, I think it's a guy, he's turned around, bent over uh, a console, and there's a strip of fabric on the back of his uniform that is over his yep. belt and keeps going. It looks like a little tail. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly. Um, hmm. that's a, I think that's a lady. Is it a lady? That's the pants. lady I was talking about. Yeah, that's the lady I was talking about. Oh, okay. Oh no, there's a there's a dude before you get to the lady. So when <laughs> you, a dude, yeah. So when Kirk walks by, there's a dude in like the trainee outfit, and then there's another dude who's wearing the classic, and then the woman wearing the trainee outfit. Oh yes, okay. I see. So I see the dude. Over, yeah. So you can sort of see it. It's like uh, it's wide at the top, and then sort of tapers down as it yeah. goes down to his bum. Yeah. yeah, and there's just like an extra flap of fabric down there for no <laughs> apparent reason. I don't understand. It's a little weird. There's got to be a purpose. Oh, I'm sure there is. That's probably what the zipper is. <laughs> it's very elaborate <laughs> to hide a zipper. <laughs> you need help with that. Well, there isn't really a purpose to like Kirk's like ornamental flap thing. So, well, his his coat is open slightly, and uh, everyone okay. else's is closed. Huh? Yeah, we've speculated before that he he's opening that up just so it, it's not as snug. Right? He's doing that. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of like. Like unzipping, you know, like your top of your sweater or something. Like it's loosening up a bit. The, the first couple buttons on your dress shirt. He's showing yes, off a little. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He's loosening the tie. Um, but yeah, you know what? Now that you've mentioned that, Norman, I'm not going to be able to unsee that either. That, <laughs> that strip of fabric. Like, yeah. oh, what is that? You, you know, yeah. <laughs> Why is this guy? Like, maybe tail? they unsnap. Yeah, or they can unsnap it and throw it over their shoulder for some reason. But why? Why would you do that? All right, there's going to be some home- homework for listeners. Hope maybe someone out there can tell us what the heck is going on. I'm sure. I'm sure there's going to be someone there who's like, this is what it's for. Right, of course. You fools, you didn't know that? It's when they <laughs> zip into their spacesuits, it attaches so they don't get launched into space. All right, well, thanks, Norman, for that. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> so on that note, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Um, will you guys? So we we only do three days a week here. So would you be able to come back and hang out with us on Wednesday? Uh, I think yeah, so. I think so. Sweet. All right. Well, then the rest of you, you can uh, find us online and continue the discussion, maybe answer some questions for us about these uniforms. Um, if you head on over to the Star Trek Minute Listener Federation on Facebook, uh, you can join up and chat with the rest of the listeners, ask us questions, give us feedback. Um, and we're going to be back again here on Wednesday with Minute 8 of Star Trek 3, The Search for Spock, here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Bye. Bye.